0: Back to the Savage Daughter podcast. My name is Heather. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about healthy after toxic. So yeah, let's get started. Toxic relationships are really hard to get out of once you're in it. A lot of people do break that vicious cycle, but it is extremely hard to break. Um, the long-term effects are crazy. And it's so hard to unlearn certain aspects of what kind of coping mechanisms you gained during a toxic relationship. A lot of people know this, but some don't, that um, when you're in an unhealthy relationship, especially with a narcissist, it can cause brain damage. So basically it rewires your brain and it releases a bunch of different like hormones and stuff and it just it messes with your whole body, it's crazy. But today I don't wanna really necessarily talk about that. I wanted to talk more about how healthy relationships after the abusive one, or even during, if you're into like the poly thing like I am, how it can affect those current relationships. Looking at it from the perspective of the romantic intimate perspective, However, I am thinking about doing like a kid's point of view episode later on, like how an abusive or toxic relationship can affect children. But as of now, this has been heavy on my mind for about a year now, and I've been going through it. So I kind of just want to talk a little bit about it because I think that there are many people that are going through it or have recently gone through it or considering trying to break that cycle and are scared of what their future looks like so one thing that I've really noticed about um myself and the way that I've learned to cope through you know a couple different super unhealthy relationships was I developed a really strong fight or flight and um I know that that is very common I know that there's a chaser and a runner dynamic um I know when you're, you know, with a narcissist or even anybody that's really abusive, Not doesn't necessarily have to be a narcissist, but I have found that most abusive people are narcissists. Um, they love bomb you and, you know, they chase you and they are they try to make it right. They're, oh, I'm so sorry. I love you so much. I'm going to try really hard not to do that ever again. I, you know, you don't deserve this, blah, 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 blah. And they win you back over and then they put you in this what they call love bomb and it brings you back every single time because you, you think that they're a good person. They're going to change. They just messed up. You know, you know what they're going through. You know, they had a rough childhood or, you know, they need that love that nobody's given them. You need to be that person. So you're just, you're hurting yourself because you're trying to help them or to love them through them hurting you. And, and, it just is a constant chase and run. Um, so when you are in a healthy relationship, if you perceive a situation to be something, you know, along that lines where you feel like you have to run, you expect the healthy one to chase you. And nine out of 10, ten, nine out of ten times they will, but that's not necessarily a healthy dynamic for either one of you guys. I know from personal experience that I'm a runner. Um my coping is is not the best, especially if I get super overwhelmed and overstimulated. Um, it's not necessarily so much for the chase. I don't necessarily want to be chased. However, I feel like if I hurt myself by leaving, they can't hurt me when they leave me first. So I have a fear of abandonment. I think that is my biggest worry, and that's why I do the, the flight thing. Um, you know, obviously my mom passed away when I was really a little, I know I talked about that, but in the intro one day, um, while I was napping, my older sister was supposed to be watching me and she ran away while I was sleeping. So when I woke up, I, I ran through the house so excited to show her that I had learned that I think it was either snap or whistle. I can't remember. And I was so excited and I was running through the house calling for her and she was nowhere to be found. I ran to the neighbors. They weren't home. I ran all over the place in the neighborhood, and nobody was home except for one neighbor, and they called my dad, and my dad came home, like, right away, but I still remember how scared I was, you know, because I felt so abandoned, like, and she never came home. Um, She had moved into, you know, with her real dad, or her biological dad, I hate the term real dad, but um, her biological dad, and like I get it I'm I understand but it definitely affected me as a small child to not feel you know so abandoned cuz that was like that was one of my biggest abandonment traumas I guess I would say um, so now I just assume that everyone's going to leave me so I kind of put myself I hurt myself I self sabotage just because I'm assuming that my healthy relationships are just going to leave like everybody else and it's really really hard for me to break that mental cycle I know that a lot of us probably have some sort of abandonment fear and that is probably why there is a huge flight I also know that you know people tend to go away and hope the problem just kind of dissolves on its own and by the time you do come home everybody's just tired of fighting and they're just Hired, so they don't really address the root issues and I definitely think that that creates a very unhealthy dynamic so you kind of also create a certain anxious attachment style when you do that you know perhaps a different kind of you know attachment style but statistically I believe that anxious attachment is more likely after an abusive relationship than any other Um, Those who do attach this way tend to be more insecure about their relationships. They uh, fear abandonment again and often seek validation because they're literally starving for any kind of positive connection. If they don't get the positive connection, then, you know, we're like small children. We'll do whatever it takes to get any kind of attention. That's kind of where our, our frame of mind is. We often think very childlike when you're operating out of a place of your insecurities or you know a place of trauma you don't you don't necessarily think and act rationally um and we're going to talk a little bit later on in this episode about different tactics that we could use to not be the way that we currently are if that is how you are because I know that is how I am so one thing I've noticed too so we talked a little bit about the flight With the the fighters of the groups, um, I've noticed that we tend to look for red flags, like you're constantly on edge, you're very anxious, you're worried about provoking your partner to not make them mad. And if you do anything that may irritate them, you kind of pull back, you're not really leaning into your partner and communicating where you're at in that moment you cannot express your feelings because you're so worried about what if they get mad or you know they might tell you you're dramatic or whatever you experienced wasn't true it wasn't exactly how you perceived it to be true uh <laughs> hello gaslighter. but um yeah so I feel like if we're constantly looking for red flags obviously we're gonna find them because we're we're purposely looking for them and that triggers that fight response and Instead of looking at, like, hey, what are they doing to prove to me that they are not like that? You're stuck in that victim mentality of, they're out to get me, and it's so hard to break that. Um, I'm not really a fighter. I do look for red flags, but I'm true cancer, and I love really hard, and I'm very, very loyal. Um, So it's really easy for me to look past the red flags, which can also be pretty bad because I kind of just ignore them. And that tends to be what gets me into my most trouble with, you know, the two relationships that I've had that were really, really unhealthy for me. There's so many different ways that an abusive relationship can affect a healthy one. Um, I think it is a lot of work to try to unlearn all the unhealthy coping. And it is something that you guys have to do together as a couple. Um, Thank the universe for people out there who understand the hell that we've gone through or have been through it themselves. And I don't think that that's really talked about enough. You know, the trauma that you've been through most times, your partner has been through one too. Maybe not the same exact experiences or to the exact extreme, but they could probably relate to you more than you want to believe. Um, maybe you're, they're healthy after toxic. And I often wonder, are we being mindful of that? Are we being the partner to our partner that we need them to be for us? The, you know... It's really, really hard not to get stuck in that mental, you know, battle of just playing the victim. You were a victim for a long time or, you know, however long. It doesn't matter if it was even a day that when you're in any kind of abusive relationship, the shortest amount of time can sometimes feel like the longest You know, I have to constantly tell myself that, okay, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this way. I have to recognize the feeling that I'm feeling and what it reminded me of, and then tell myself all the reasons why it's not the same. Um, that has helped me a lot recently to try to not bring the trauma from past relationships to my current ones. Um, you know, obviously we're polyamorous. So I was very fortunate while I was going through it. I had people to support me, but at the same time, like I keep all my relationships very separate. We don't, I don't talk to another partner about any issues with the other one. Um, it's very rare that our, you know, any kind of our relationship issues overlap. I'm not going to say that it hasn't, but we all pull it together real quick. Um, so I, I wasn't very open as I should have been with my current partners to let them know what I was going through. Um, because again, I was ignoring it I was hoping that, you know, this person would change that, you know, they would be, you know, basically get their lives together and understand that how they were treating me was not okay. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but the problem, probably the biggest problem with me that I understand is that he knew that I was working on that and like communicating and, He would always tell me, you know, I'm not your ex. The trauma that it caused you, I will never do it. But yet then went and caused me the most trauma that I've ever had. So I'm still kind of navigating through all that. So I can't really (laughs) give too much encouragement on that, so to speak, um, because this shit's hard. Like, it's hard to break it. I know yesterday I had to call one of my friends and I was just like, crying and I, I was going through it and literally for no reason there was, isn't the work was kind of rough yesterday. Um, my boss has been on vacation and I've kind of been helping out a lot. And I think I was just so overstimulated that it all just came down on me. Um, I, there was something that had triggered it. I'm not going to go into detail on that, but it was definitely, it's so weird to be okay and then to not be okay because you're you know you're fighting that yeah again that coping and it was really hard for me to not flight out last night but uh a good friend and a nice shower that seemed to do the trick for me okay but i think that is probably good for today as always if you like this episode please feel free to share it and tag me Instagram is mcgarity 90 Facebook is McGarity. I also have that Facebook community group that is Savage Daughter Podcast. My goal is to get another 60 listeners to download by the end of April. Um, I don't think that that's impossible. I haven't really been pushing it as much as I would like to. So please, please help out if you know of anyone that you think would find value in the content that we go over. But yeah, that's it for today. If you like the music in this podcast, go follow Ian on Spotify. Hi, I'm Ian. All together, no spaces. And that's it for today. Love you all so much. Bye.